Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Expected much better on a Friday night in South Philadelphia by the home team in an Atlantic Division showdown, but a no-show for the 76ers as they fall big to the New York Knicks on this Friday night here in South Philadelphia. Welcome to the PHLY Sixers postgame show alongside Derek Botner. I'm Devon Givens. I'm back. So now Derek and Kyle can't yell at me and Derek can't post any graphics about me leading the team <laughs> I never posted games. them. I never posted them. <laughs> I just talked about the graphic. Well, at least I showed up tonight, and the 76ers did not bring us here with us. Can't wait to talk to you all tonight. Kyle Newbeck will join from the arena. Derek, this was billed, of course, as a big-time Atlantic Division matchup. New York, a tough team. Sixers and the Knicks play each other pretty well. They get after it. The Knicks are a gritty team. They also make a trade for OG Ananobi with the Toronto Raptors. They seemingly improved their team from a lot of aspects there with that addition. So it was the first opportunity to see them with their new group. They're 2-0 before tonight with yep. Ananobi in the lineup. This was a chance to see how they fared, again, on their home floor against an Atlantic Division rival. And while it started off pretty well, uh, after that, not so much. Yeah. No, I mean, this, this started off, uh, the Sixers had a, a, what, I think a 17 to 11 lead early. And then you looked up midway through the second quarter and the game wasn't even close anymore. Knicks came out, ran it down. Actually, they were up 10, 26, 16. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, good point. Good point. Uh, Knicks came out, ran it down their throat. I thought the Sixers transition defense was especially bad. That led to some open threes and early offense. The Knicks shot Probably a better percentage than they normally did, but the fact they got up 21 threes in the first half, a lot of them were very open. They're going to shoot a better percentage than a typical night because those are easier shots than they typically have. I thought the Sixers defense was real, real bad. And they dropped themselves down into a 20-point hole at halftime, gave up a 75 spot, uh, the Sixers did, to the Knicks. And, you know, they, they I don't want to say they fought, because even when they were cutting the lead, it looked clunky they never really looked like they were in step on either end they held the Knicks to I think 18 third quarter points and only trimmed that lead by three in yeah. part because they had a lot of turnover problems there in the third quarter they couldn't stop stepping on their own foot uh and then in the fourth quarter it was just a complete and utter disaster um you know Grimes came out hit a couple of threes and 8-0 Knicks run push a 13 point Knicks lead to 21 and then the Sixers just kind of gave up in a way that we don't normally see them give up no, they don't. And as as Derek just said, because I was going to jump in and, and say, this is not like them uh, to play this way. Uh, they got beat 128-92. So the score, yes, that's indicative of how things really played out for the Sixers tonight. But it was more so the effort, as Derek lays out, uh, the fact that the defensive 
pressure that we've seen from them, how we've talked about them. Second ranked team in, in the NBA in terms of defense. And that was not on display at all. Early on, it was because they were getting out in transition. They were active. Kelly Oubre uh, got a block on OG Ananobi as he drove to the basket from behind. Yes, he got by him, but it was more of how he set up. Did not give up and recovered to get that block. Kick ahead to Tobias Harris for an easy dunk. A timeout by the Knicks because of how well the Sixers' defense was playing that was leading to offense to allow them to jump out to that 10-point lead. But then, as they settled in, New York did, you get Deuce McBride coming into the game, and when he came into the game, they seemed to lose him. Once they lost him... And he hit a couple of shots after Dante DiVincenzo hit a few shots early to keep the Knicks at least close enough because Julius Randle and both Jalen Brunson were not playing well at, up to that point. It looked like, okay, the Sixers know what they have to do and they'll take this punch. It's a game of runs. New York is going to make their run. But then, again, Deuce McBride comes in, hit a couple of shots. Opportunities for the Sixers thereafter, even after those makes by McBride, did not happen. And you can kind of see the body language there uh, a little dejected because of how they play, how things weren't going their way as, as it was early on. And once they started hitting those threes, not getting to the 50-50 balls, not getting on the floor like New York was and allowing themselves to pick up the defensive rebound, New York getting the second chance opportunities and then hitting a three off of them, you can get dejected by that, right? And they did. And once that happened, the shoulders start to slump. Bad turnovers by Embiid early, too, even though he had, what, nine points in nine minutes. Bad turnovers that led to other points for New York to allow them to pick themselves up off the mat after being punched in the face, being down 10, and therefore it kept going. And that's the bad part about it. As you said, we haven't seen it. These things happen where we don't overreact, we don't panic to situations like this, but this was a nationally televised game against an opponent that you wanted to see them play well against, see how they performed yeah. against this team because we talk about, oh, it's not the Pistons or the Wizards or one of these other bad basketball teams against a good opponent. And in this one, they took, they delivered the punch, got punched back, and stayed on the map pretty much the entire yeah. night. And look, I'm still probably not going to overreact. Probably not. I'm probably not going to no. react as harsh as many Sixers fans probably want me to. Uh, I am much more a trends guy, a look at how the overall body of work person. You're going to have nights like this where, you know, first of all, I thought, you know, Brunson came out and he just hit a, th a bunch of really, really tough shots. Like, I didn't even think their defense on Brunson was all that bad, but like he's hitting a step back over Morris that probably should have been an and one. Uh, he had that one tough finish over both, I think, Maxi and people, mm -hmm. Paul Sandwich. He still found a way mm -hmm. to get it up on the rim. He had a step back over Springer. He was just hitting real tough shots there in the first half. The Sixers couldn't hit anything. Some of that happens. And you are going to have games where your effort and your, you know, your communication, um, you're just, it's just not locked in the way that you always are. I get that. I just, when all of those happen at the same time, it's tough. Like I said, I don't want to overreact. That being said, there are a couple, I think, things that I'm really worried about. And those probably relate mostly to Joel Bead's health. You know, very first play of the game, he stepped on Hartenstein's foot. Looked like he twisted the ankle. He bumped knees with Julius Randle later in the game. Those are things that he didn't look like he was moving all that well. And that doesn't exclude, excuse his performance at all. That's just something I'm concerned about going forward. Um, but yeah, this was a, this was a, this was a, a real tough game to watch. Um, I can talk about, you know, some of those Brunson points and there was just him making tough shots. But like Miles McBride Open. making four threes in the first half, dude didn't make an, have a single game all year where he made more than one three pointer. He dropped four of them in the first half, 
to leave that, like I said, there's just so many discommunications, so many 50-50 balls the Sixers lost, and because of that, they were out of position so many times down the court in transition where they didn't match up well uh, and they didn't find their man. It was just they were not locked in right from the jump. Yeah, and when McBride hit his first two threes, they were open, and he made makeable shots. He's an NBA player, came into the league, drafted because of his ability to shoot the basketball. He did that. Once you do that and you make another Things just seem yeah, it's snowballed. It, yeah, exactly. Yep. And it, it's as they say when you make one shot, and then the rim just looks like it's uh, an ocean, and you can't miss the the final one that he made in the corner. He was he was defended pretty well. They closed out pretty well on him. He was hot, so he was feeling good. And then when you rose up, when he rose up, you just looked at him and said, "Okay, it, it, that's a heat check, but it looks like it's good because everything looked right with his shot." Uh, for the most part. And I see Jay say here, Jay the Jungle, our guy, body language experts are funny. Sometimes the body language tells you what it is. You could see where, I'll give you an example, Jay. As Derek talks about Joel Embiid spraining his ankle. He sprains his ankle. See it? You watch it on the TV copy. You can see where he's favoring that a little bit. They even do a close-up. They talked about it on the broadcast as well. He then comes down, has a bad turnover because he was trying to rush and do too many things. Is it necessarily him that I'm talking about? Not really. It's when I see him on the defensive end, though. Yeah. There's a defensive rebound opportunity. I don't know if the communication was there where someone yelled out, hey, two, two, teammates, whatever they call out to let you know that there are two guys going after the defensive rebound that was clearly theirs. Kelly Oubre had to rebound. Joel Embiid was going after the basketball. So when I say body language, after that happened, the Knicks scored. What do I look at? I looked at both Joel Embiid and Kelly Oubre. Joel Embiid is blaming Kelly Oubre. Kelly Oubre is backing up behind a three-point line with his hands out saying, what, do you want, what did you want me to do? I had the rebound. Body language. So you can see the shoulder slump right there. What happens? They go down the other end. They don't score. They come back. They score again. 50-50 balls. They're not picking them up. So when I say body language, it's not to pick. It's not to act like I'm an expert. It's just simply I've seen Joel Embiid for his entire career. You can see Kelly Oubre with, as one of his teammates, like others in the past, where something happens with Embiid, and Embiid doesn't necessarily take the responsibility to say, hey, my bad, I, I should have let you. I was trying to get the rebound. Let's make sure we get it the next time. I don't know if he said that or not, but all I know is whatever he said had Kelly Oubre pretty much in a little bit of a defense mode as to, yo, I was just trying to get the rebound. Right. You came out of nowhere and took it from me. Not that Kelly Oubre was trying to stat pad. He was just trying to get the rebound. Well, there was somewhere... definitely no stat padding going on in this game. No, not at all. Not at all. Never. Never. But that's my point with the body language, Jay. It's not, again, to, to point that way. And even some in the comments, as you know, Jay says, not, it's not you. I hear you. But for everybody else, when it comes to the body language on that, I was, that's where I was going with it because you could see it right away. I even saw some things with Joel Embiid, Derek, early that I didn't like with the turnover where he was. Oh, yeah, he made, a, he made a spin move off the dribble right off the bat, and somebody just came in and stripped it right away from him. For he no reason. completely and, and, out of, he, he just wasn't, in, like, we've seen, like, focus Joel Embiid for so much. Yep. And ball movement Joel Embiid for so much this year. This was definitely Joel Embiid playing like he played four years ago. It was. And when he did that spin, Derek, there was a play already where he could have handed it off. At, to somebody that was cutting along the baseline and they may have gotten the shot off. They at least would have been able to probe the, probe the lane and get a reverse layup opportunity. Uh, but with it, 
it was just one of those things that starts to compound and compound. It happened in the third quarter where they cut it to 13. Someone in the comments mentioned how the defense got them back in it in the third quarter where they were stopping in the Knicks on certain possessions, but they were going down the floor, not taking advantage, missing three free throws. Tobias Harris missed two. Joel Embiid split a pair. Yep. Jaden Springer, after a timeout, good defensive play by the Sixers on the other end. They come down. Great play by OG and nobody to throw off his timing and his rhythm to make him ball fake. He goes up, tries to lay it off the glass and miss it. Certain things happen like that in these games where they just compound once again and one snowball after another. And the next thing you know, you're down 30. And those types of things happen. We have a lot to get to here tonight. But those are some of the things that, as I am long-winded trying to make up for my two days off since Derek had to talk so much, (laughs) I wanted to make sure I said those things about tonight's game because it was a disappointing one. I'm not overreacting at all to it because I don't think that's this type of game. But what I did want to see a better performance, they have a chance tomorrow against the Utah Jazz in the second night of a back-to-back. Boston blew them out tonight in Boston. So the Jazz have to travel as they got blown out. Similar number, 126 to 97 in Boston. The Sixers have a chance to rebound tomorrow. It may not make up for what happened tonight, but with the lack of effort there tonight that we saw or did not see from the Sixers, I need to see something better from them tomorrow night. We'll get into that, but they have a chance to make up for it overall. Bad performance, 23, uh, 23 and 11 now after this loss. The New York Knicks are now 20 and 15. They've won three straight now after this victory. Yep. A couple quick updates here from Nick Nurse's postgame press conference. And again, we'll talk to Kyle later on in the show. Nick was asked whether or not he expect Embiid to play tomorrow. He said yes. Uh, Nick then gave an update on Tobias Harris, said that, uh, I just lost it, hold on, uh, said that Tobias Harris jammed his left ankle during the game today. X-ray, x-rays were negative, and he expects Harris to be questionable for tomorrow's game. So okay. Quick injury updates. And like I said, we will talk to Kyle a little bit later on in the show to see if there was anything more said on that. Yeah, and uh, I see Dom in the in the comments. Dom Brown says, uh, watch the whole game. Joel and B got frustrated early because Maxi wasn't giving him the ball in his spots on time, and B then started to force things and turn the ball over. Well, Dom, it seemed like Maxi had it going early too, where he, wow, I get it. OG Ananobi was on him. He was still able to get by him and get good yeah. looks and get shots onto on, on the on the rim and get to the basket and put some good attempts up there. So with a game like that, Embiid has to adjust to that too. There's a lot of basketball left to be played, so there's no need for him to force it, knowing that the offense is still going to flow through him. So just to respond to that, sure, he can get frustrated by it the same way teammates can get frustrated by maybe him overshooting or over overdoing it and try, trying to get a shot off when they feel like the offense, in terms of sharing the basketball, wasn't particularly there. Yeah. And I think, you know, we've probably gone a little far here in terms of bearing the lead. Tobias Harris ended up, again, Jammed angle, ankle, Mm -hmm. ended up with five points on two for six shooting on the night. Um, When you have three players who can really create a shot, having one of them struggle and pretty much opt out of offense. And again, Tobias has been the good version of Tobias for a little bit now. So one off night isn't something that you necessarily want to overreact to. It is Mm -hmm. part of the Tobias Harris roller coaster that we talk about all the time. Uh, But it is one, this is one of those games that reinforces Yes, the Sixers should be... Like, there's been a rising sentiment. And look, we can debate whether or not the Sixers need a star-level player or should go for high-level... I don't want to call them role players, like Bogdan Bogdanovich was recently reported earlier today as being available. 
I don't want to call him a role player. I think he's better than that. But whether or not they should go for stars, a third star, or like two role players like that. But I think it's pretty clear that they could use some offensive firepower, uh, some reinforcements for nights like this where Joel Bede is just okay. Uh, and maybe that might be generous. Certainly isn't commanding the offense like he has been for almost the entirety of the season so far. Uh, you ju- And when Tobias Harris is having a, a clunker like he is prone to do, you need somebody else who can give you something uh, and the Sixers at no point in this game had that. And we'll get to what that means, of course, for tomorrow's game, as you, Derek just talked about what Nick Nurse had to say about it. We'll get to that. But first, let me tell you about Wheelhouse Cards and maybe, you know, your team out there tonight. Not the greatest performance, but you still are a fan of the squad in Philadelphia, the basketball team. And you want to get yourself a card, maybe a pack of cards, your child whomever it may be for a loved one. Wheelhouse is our go-to sports card, gift and apparel shop in the Delaware Valley. Their motto is cards and community because love of sports unites us all. They carry all of your favorite card brands like Tops, Chrome Baseball, and Mosaic Football, as well as T-shirts, hats, and hoodies from brands like Mitchell & Ness, 47 brand, Junk Food, Starter, and Scheib Vintage Sports. Looking to grade your sports card collection? I still have my sports car collection as a kid from when I was a kid. Wheelhouse offers grading submissions on these cars. They also host tons of different family-friendly events and birthday parties every month. Again, PSA grading submissions. So stop in to either of their stores in Wayne or Westchester. Open seven days per week starting at 11 a.m. Use code PHLY and get $10 off any purchase of $25 or more in-store. Also, be sure to give them a follow on Instagram at Wheelhouse Cards. Make sure you go and check them out. Again, Wheelhouse Cards, go ahead and check out those great people. And as well as we talk about Wheelhouse Cards, let me also tell you about after you finish getting your cards and and all of that, you want to make sure you get something to eat. Well, our good friends at Bagel & Co. Yes, Bagels & Co. Nice breakfast tomorrow. supposed to rain a little bit. You want to make sure you have a good breakfast, sit down with your cup of tea, coffee, and whatever, and have a bagel, of course, courtesy of Bagels & Co. We had a chance to taste the bagels at Reading Terminal. They were fantastic. Brooklyn-style bagels made in Philly with Philly love, of course. Huge bagels, biggest bagels in Philly, and a very large, hence the Brooklyn, New Jersey style. We have very large varieties. They do usually have 15 to 20 different types to choose from daily. Seasonal bagels as well. For instance, they had the Christmas-flavored bagel during that time, during the Xmas season. Very cool look. You can go with the butter, the cream cheese, whatever it is, because they have the largest cream cheese variety, 30 different flavors of Cream cheese screamers, as as they have them there, where you can spread them out perfectly there. And, hey, if you want that bagel, you want some good breakfast, make sure you check out our good friends there. They're affordable brand, get a lot of food for cheap. And in today's inflationary world, we think that's key. They've debated about raising their prices, but they don't want to be like every other brand. So they don't have to do that on these high-end places like those others splurging on the weekends. No, you go to our good friends at Bagels & Co. They have an artisan uh, or a mom-and-pop, and and they have mom-and-pop feel, but they cater to the everyday individual. A lot of the customers are repeat, so make sure you go check them out for the best Brooklyn-style bagels. Make sure you go right here in Philly. Head to www.thebagelsandco.com slash store-locator to find the closest bagels and co near you. 
The chat today is wild. It's wild. They could win 40 games in a row. If they what lose I miss? one embarrassingly, it's just, it will go off the rails. What did I miss? It's just everybody is freaking out. Which well, I, I saw get. the That's... one, like we said, Dom, he, he bailed out because we were, I guess, a little negative on Joel. Well, I was a little negative on how Joel was playing a little bit early. And what else did I miss? They, it's just a general mood of the chat. I'm not, sure. not, not going to call anyone out specifically because, frankly, like I think you're going to have these nights. And when they're bad and when the effort isn't good enough and when the focus isn't there, react strongly, sure. Um, I don't, I'm don't. i not going to begrudge you for that. But it is like every time they have one of these, a the chat goes wild. Well, goes we, wild. we did have a super chat. And Jake M, before we move on with the team, Jake M, let's start there. For once, I just want Joel to get punched in the face metaphorically and not pout. And again, metaphorically, not metaphorically, like Pascal Siakam does, yes. but metaphorically. And yeah, not yeah. pout. Tonight, he was sleepy Joel. Thank you, Jake. Yeah, I mean, look, when, he's, see it that when he's frustrated, he gives off that body language. Mm-hmm. And we can you know, debate whether or not like that impacts his play or not. I think a lot of people certainly feel like he does uh, at times in the playoffs. I would agree with that. But when he gets frustrated, like he's gonna, he has these nights, and I think these nights have been fewer this season than they have in in prior years. I think he's grown a little bit. Nobody's gonna really care about incremental growth unless it shows up in the playoffs as well. Mm-hmm. But for a guy who's been on such a run so much, like this, this is where I don't want to overreact too much uh, in, in terms of the body language, even the effort, the turnovers. Uh, one night does not make a season. One night does not define a player, especially not one night in early January, even against a good team. But it was a Annoying, frustrating, bad game to watch, for sure. Certainly was. And uh, Davon, a.k.a. Schoolboy Beats, also in the Super Chat, we appreciate it, jumps in as we talk about different players maybe coming in to help the team out scoring-wise. Kispert, Kuzma, Gafford, Tyus Jones send Tobias and company to Virginia. Washington, of course, but later to be moved to Virginia. That's a lot. Kispert, I'm, Kuzma, Gafford, yeah, and Tyus Jones. There's a, a bunch of players in there that I like and I think could fill, fill a role. Um, I'm, we've talked about Kyle Kuzma a bunch. I'm not necessarily willing to buy in and make that my big trade deadline acquisition. Uh, but certainly, you know, Tyus Jones, we bring up almost every podcast now, at least while Kyle is calling in from the Wells Fargo Center. He doesn't have to. We can check that one off of the list. Um, but there's a lot of players there that would help for sure. Uh, but I think there's probably going to be a bigger fish that you pursue. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and I mean, there's been a lot of updates today. Like I mentioned the Bogdanovich one, Atlanta Bogdanovich. Uh, he was mentioned, I think they made pretty much everyone uh, except Trey uh, for the most part available. And Jalen Johnson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Johnson. Yeah. Uh, and then there was an update where it sounded like the Kings were pretty hard in pursuit of Pascal Siakam, but then that sort of broke down a couple hours later. But it sounds like, like, um, Siakam is almost definitely to be moved or, or they're going to pursue that aggressively, I guess is the way I would phrase that. So those are two that we will talk about, I'm sure, a lot here over the coming weeks. But, you know, I think, like I said, I think it's clear that they could use some offensive help. Uh, nights like tonight where Joel is having a maybe a C-minus night offensively. And, and like I said, I really thought like the passing was what was not there for him. It's one thing when the mid-range jumpers aren't going down, uh, but I thought he just didn't have a control of the game like he normally does. Again, that's sort of like... Those nights will happen, uh, and I think the whole team sort of got frustrated, especially when the Knicks came out there in the late first and second and made every shot they threw up, and the Sixers turned it over, and maybe some Embiid mid-rangers didn't go through, and it kind of snowballed from there. Um, but they could certainly use some help to offset that. And with Embiid having a, like I said, it's not like Embiid was terrible. He ended up with 30 points on 23 shots, uh, did have six turnovers. Some of them were pretty big. To me, it was really the shot creation that wasn't there like it normally does. But when you combine that with 
Harris just not having any kind of imprint on the game, they could use more firepower. At the half, the Sixers were down by 20, 75, 55. The New York Knicks, as Derek just talked about, the end of the first and the second quarter, by the break, they were 13 for 21 from mm-hmm. three-point range. And again, I think the 21 is more relevant to me than the 13. Yeah. Because it's indicative of the defensive breakdowns, especially in transition, and the fact that a lot of those 21 were pretty wide open. Yeah, pretty wide open. And then when you compound that with the Sixers, only attempting 12 to yep. the 21, they were four for 12, and, and that's how it went. By the way, at the break, you had their backcourt of DiVincenzo Brunson, and then we include McBride because of how hot he got coming in, making his four. Those three were 11 for 13 at halftime from three-point range. 11 for 13. 33 points right there from your guards. Yep, yep. And we've gone this far, and and we haven't even really talked about the bench. I thought everyone, maybe Pat Bev. Pat Bev didn't really annoy me too much, but everyone else that stepped on the floor off the bench today, I thought was just awful. Marcus Morris was bad, ended up 16 minutes, only one field goal attempt. Marcus Morris has never, his defense is bad enough where if he's only taking one shot in 16 minutes, he's not going to provide any any value. Daniel House was real bad. Paul Reed was taking some complete circus shots and playing out of control. Um, who else? Springer, one for seven. I think this is one of the first games where Springer looked like he was trying to do too much offensively. Uh, still good effort, but... You know, try, like I said, try to do a little too much off the bounce at times offensively. Just a, a real bad they didn't. And look, they're obviously down not having um, D'Anthony Melton, not having Covington. Both of those are significant, uh, but they had a real bad game. They, they really did. Uh, Bernard says in the chat, fellas, Embiid has been great, but I hope one day that he realizes the real good teams are not going to just let him shoot mid-range. Poor job by Nurse. The mid-rangers were there. He, he was making them. Yeah. yeah. I don't necessarily agree with that. Uh, it was more the turnovers that, again, I want, do want to say, uh, Jake, I'm pointing out Pat, Patrick Beverly passing up. He had a wide open corner three off of a, was it a Harris driving kick? I forget who driving kick, but wide open corner three. No, he ki- then kicked it over to, I think it was house. And it was just, you've got to pull the trigger on that it. was in that it fast was, break yeah, on yeah, the yeah, left yeah. side of the floor. And he should have shot it. Yeah. He, he yep. definitely should have shot it. Be- and, and of course you say that because we've seen him take that shot. We've seen him confidently take that shot, especially when he feels like the rest of the teammates don't really have it going. Okay, let me get this shot off because everybody else is not pulling the shot like we've seen them during their good stretches. And we have one more and we'll get to the super chat. But when we look at these types of games, and and of course we we talk about it in the way that we talk about, and as you said, the the chat is going crazy uh, about them losing a game to the New York Knicks here. It was just a bad performance. It was something that was nationally televised. A lot of Nick fans in the building as they often travel here to Philadelphia to get a seat because it's maybe a little bit easier to get one in a Madison Square Garden. It was a very they, Knicks heavy crowd. They show out well all of the time. That's, that's another piece of it. And then it's just the fact that you had a few days off. You had a team that you are supposed to be better than. And you wanted to see them come out there and perform that way against that team. Now, Maxie was good. Embiid had his numbers. Beyond that, as you mentioned, not much else. Even Nick Batum, who's normally solid and making the right pass, 
he had a couple of questionable passes. He, where for a good passer, like, he will have a couple that he'll throw, and right from the moment he lets go, it's like that has no, no chance. He, every like no third shot. game or so, he'll have one of those passes. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah, yeah. Barb, I'm not embarrassed. Don't don't worry, not embarrassed. I will say if I'm embarrassed, I'm not embarrassed. Um, so sometimes those games happen that way. This was a bad one. This is one that they can ignore because they have to have a quick turnaround tomorrow. 24 hours later, they have to get right back at it. But as we talk about it and react to it in the moment, bad game, didn't need to happen, should have played much better. They, they took a punch and didn't respond to it, which I didn't like, which I did not like. But let's, let's see uh, what happens as, as we go forward. Yeah, uh, and by the way, those, those Jazz have won six of the last seven games. Now, it hasn't been a murderer's row of opponents. Like, you've got the Pistons twice in there. You've got the Spurs in there. There's been a bunch of teams that they've beaten up on. That being said, they're playing more competent basketball than they were earlier on in the season with the Sixers on a back-to-back, with Embiid being potentially hobbled because of the injuries that he suffered in this one. Uh, That is, uh, you know, it should be a get-right game. They should certainly be able to take care of business. Mm -hmm. And I think with the way that they played tonight, they they will probably come out there with an edge regardless of the opponent. Uh, But it would be... Certainly good for our chat if they could go in there and take care of business. No question. Uh, Furious in the chat, our final one here for right now before we get to a few other things. I get not overreacting if these issues happen here and there in the regular season, but don't we complain every year in the playoffs when it matters most? Seems more like a trend to me when things get tough. So I think there's legitimacy to, first of all, they were, did compete through six games. They were competing very well against the Celtics. So it's not like they haven't done anything in the playoffs, but I do agree that there is a way that Embiid needs to react better against playoff defenses. I think that is fair. And and against playoff adversity as well. Mm -hmm. The problem is you are every star player, every even MVP candidate is going to have nights like this. Every team is going to have embarrassing performances like this, especially against other good teams. It happens throughout the season. And there's a little bit of confirmation bias when every time this happens, you go, oh, look, this is proof of my opinion. Because this is a league that has become very three-point shooting heavy. And when one team makes a lot of them and the other team misses a lot, it makes everything else, it just amplifies that. And I do think fans throughout the course of a season, especially because we live and die by these games more than we ever have, we analyze these games more than they ever have, and there's more variance in these games more than there ever has been, I think it's real easy for us to just look at this and overreact. And when I sort of try to take a step back, you know, if the Sixers blew out the Knicks, I would say, well, this doesn't mean anything when we get to the playoffs anyway. If these two teams match up, you have no idea what's going to happen. This is just the night-to-night NBA. And I agree. Their effort wasn't good enough. Embiid wasn't locked in. The defense wasn't there. The transition defense specifically wasn't there. If you follow and you watch every team, all 82 games for every team, everyone is going to have nights like this. And everyone is going to have nights that just piss you off. It's just the nature of the game right now. Yeah, there are 82 of them. These happen. So, yes, I would agree that there are some symptoms here that look similar to what happens in the playoffs, for sure. But there are also symptoms that every team have. And if you don't have confidence in this team in the playoffs, you're going to see these and see warning flags. It's just part of the sport right now. Yeah, it really is. It's a lot of fun. A lot lot of fun activity, as you said there in the chat, man. (laughs) It's a lot of fun. A lot of fun there there in the chat. Um, Always is. I'm looking at uh, Barb saying uh, it was bad. Devon, it was bad. Just let it. It was bad. Yeah, it was bad. We, we said that, especially at the top. We said it was bad. Yeah. And that's where a lot of the conversation then goes into. It's the overreacting. It's the sky is falling type of type of path that we're on here tonight. But yeah, it was bad. 
And sometimes those bad ones happen. Does that mean that they're not good anymore? Oh, it means yeah. It yeah. means they had a bad night. And again, I think I think when like fans when they win eight in a row, fans probably want us to go like, oh, they're going to win a championship. And nope. when they lose one games, fans want us to say like, oh, this is why they're not going to get out of the second round. They're just like these streaks happen, uh, and I think you have to take, like I said, sort of at the top. I think you have to take the entire body of work for a season uh, when you look at these kind of things. Yes, I think we all still have questions on how this will look in the playoffs, but that doesn't mean every time they lose or have a bad effort that it is proof of what they can't do. It's just it's a long season. It's a long season, and uh, before we get to uh, our... You want to get to our buddy now? I want to, want to tell you a little bit about Rocket Money here, uh, and then we will get to our, our, our buddy. First, our buddies at Rocket Money, then our buddy with Kyle. Yes. Um, we all want to make sure that you get the most out of your money and that you're not wasting, wasting money on unnecessary, unnecessary subscriptions. I can almost talk. It's I did the same like that's thing my early, job. so it's okay. Which makes endorsing Rocket Money easy to do. There's a very real chance that you will save money by using Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. You can see all of your subscriptions in one place, and if you see something that you don't want, you can cancel it with a tap, and you never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill, and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year, with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com phly. That's rocketmoney.com phly. Rocketmoney.com phly. All right, let's get ready to head to the arena, site of this beatdown by New York as they... Take down the 76ers by a big number, 128-92. Kyle Newbeck joins us, ready to roll. Kyle, I come back and they get rocked. What's happening, man? Just got to fire Devon off into the sun. Listen, I'm here for the ritualistic bloodletting of the Philadelphia 76ers after that heinous <laughs> performance. Uh, good to see you, Devon, even if you are the bringer of bad luck. We are... Uh, it appears I'll, say, so. I'll say I. I can't speak for Derek, but I am. I am happy to see you in the chair again. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, man. Uh, looked like jumping on jumping on uh, the Knicks early with the ten point lead. It looked like it was going to be a competitive game tonight, not one that we look at later on, where they lose by a big number, down by as much as thirty nine points here in this one. What, what did you What did you attribute to everything tonight? Some of the things that we've already discussed were some of the fact that they got punched back after t after throwing the first few jabs, never responding after the onslaught of threes really started to happen. Yeah, so look, the easy thing to say, and it's mostly true, is that the Knicks shot the lights out and there are going to be nights in a long 82-game season where the other team gets hot and there's nothing you can really do about it. I think that kind of lets the Sixers off the hook because I think some of that problem was self-created. I think their transition defense was horrendous even early on as they were playing you know, relatively well on offense. I thought their rebounding was not good. So, you know, they're giving up some second-chance possessions. There was a play between Embiid and Oubre at one point where they fought for a rebound, goes out of bounds, Knicks get another possession out of that. So they're losing all the the quote-unquote little things battles in that game early, and that snowballed into, okay, guys are getting hot for New York. Like, 
Deuce McBride going crazy from three at the end of the first quarter. They built some confidence. Brunson was getting whatever he wanted. I thought Maxie had a particularly tough game on defense. thought there were some times he got hunted, ended up in some unfavorable matchups. And frankly, I just, I think the, you know, the simplest way to put it is there's not a single guy on that team that I thought had a genuinely good game. You know, I think by the end of it, Maxie's stat line looks good. By the end of it, Joel gets his 30-10, which I mean, I have a million thoughts on the process to get there. But even with those lines that those guys put up, I thought collectively they played poorly. They played disconnected. You know, there's some shouting and glaring at one another during the game. Like, why are you here? Or why aren't you there? Why didn't you do this? And for a team that's been super together and cohesive all season, I thought that was probably the most telling sign that this just wasn't their night. So I guess let's go to that stat hunting. Obviously, Embiid was bumped, had bumps and bruises throughout the game. He had the ankle after he stepped on uh, was a Hartenstein's foot on the first play of the game. Bumped knees with Randall. At one point, he had a bloody nose. Did anybody talk about leaving him in there for that final stretch? No, it was kind of the, an unsaid thing afterward. At least in the media session, we did talk to Joel about his knee, which he said he thinks. That should be fine. The expectation from Nick Nurse is that he's going to play tomorrow, which, frankly, I was a little surprised at because he checked it back into the game with, what, like 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter, which that's not his normal sub pattern. And I thought that was a clear sign of, oh, he's gunning for these stats and then he's going to take tomorrow off and rest whatever is wrong with him. I don't know if you guys have talked about it or you know yelled about it, whatever, yet. I was just angry about the whole like bring him back into the chase the stats thing and i thought it was some karmic justice to watch them get fucking humiliated and joel get his pocket picked and joel miss some easy shots around the basket as the knicks are running the score up and then you eventually you get your 30 10 but it's like at what cost it would have felt like to me a fitting end to that streak poor team performance he's been able to do this you know, build this streak with a lot of three-quarter games, and it's been a reflection of how dominant he's been. I think tonight is an example of, like, that's the most artificial 30-10 yeah. I've ever seen. And so that that bothered me a little bit, but I was getting called an old man to get off my lawn on Twitter. So, you know, not exactly a popular stance, or at least not a universally popular stance. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, and you mentioned we brought up some of the – things that happened in the game early. And we highlighted that Kelly Oubre, Joel Embiid rebound, go up to the Knicks and then they get a bucket after being up 10. And then it just, again, started to spiral. And it was just something that, yeah, bad games happen. And those things through 82 game season show up quite a bit. Uh, but when you are a team that looks to be a, a, trying to be a championship contender, still things that may happen later on in terms of your roster, you you look at these because you wonder if they happen again later in a, a game a week later or even the next day. I was even, as small as it was, Kyle, I was even happy when Kelly Oubre got knocked right next to the stanchion that Joel Embiid was the first one to run over there and pick him up after they were bickering about that miscue uh, on, that, on that rebound because I personally saw it as Kelly had it and B wanted it, knocked it out of his hands. Oubre was trying to defend himself and, and B just had that type of thing there. And 
bring it back up just because you, you try not to see those types of things in the course of, of a season. Bad things happen, of course. But when you see that and then the, the points just start to go the other way after having a, a nice size lead where you can really add to that, you get punched in your gut, as I said earlier, and you don't know how to respond. And then the bickering and pointing starts again. Yeah, look, the, the bickering and pointing is okay as long as it's isolated and it's it's not a thing that happens game to game. And I think that's why you say you just flush this game on a general level, right? Like so many things that happened tonight were uncharacteristic for this group. We haven't seen them get out toughed very often. Like the shooting discrepancy, nothing you can really do about that. Sometimes teams just have it going from deep, so whatever. But losing all these battles in transition on the glass, all that, that that was that's more disappointing to me than hey they had a bad night offensively or Joel had some silly turnovers or Maxi got slowed down or you know Tobias left with an injury or ankle soreness I guess we would say but even before that he was just a complete passenger and I said in the recap I wrote at times just a headless chicken just no plan for what he wanted to do what he was going to do so you move on to the next one. You hope that the bad things don't carry over and that, look, I I'm, was listening to you guys before I was brought in. The body of work is ultimately what's most important. Nobody cares if you lose a game on January 5th to the Knicks if the body of work is better and if the playoff performances are better. And it can just be an isolated performance. It's only real. It feels more disappointing than it probably is mostly because they had this long stretch of, hey, they're playing BS teams, right? And now we get yep. to see them start to play some real teams. And it's like everyone builds it up as, oh, we're going to see what they're made of. And to lay an egg like this feels much worse because of that context. And Nurse said after the game that they'll reevaluate, they'll keep evaluating and see how Tobias looks for tomorrow's game. Yeah, I, I don't – he didn't get super – in depth on Tobias. So with it being a back-to-back, -back, I wouldn't say that it's a guarantee he plays tomorrow by any stretch. But obviously when you do have the second game in two days, you have to be ultra cautious because they're already down. They're down three rotation players tonight. I, I think it sounded like Nurse was optimistic that Melton might play tomorrow night, which, you know, it's funny. I had people in the first five minutes of that game, we talked about this this week, about, oh, Kelly Oubre's got to start over Melton. And it's like, you know, I'm not saying that DeAnthony Melton's making a 30-point difference in that game, but maybe you come to appreciate a, another two-way player being available for your team that can impact the game. Even on a bad night, he can make some kind of imprint on the game. So that's my DeAnthony Melton corner moment of the night, I guess. And by the way, I don't know that we're going to be having many Marcus Morris moment of the nights moving forward because boy he is in a he has gone off a cliff with the uh, the shooting and everything else. Stock up, man. You had him on stock up. I had him stock up. I, I was entirely on the backs of one game winner. I know. Not, I know. Uh, I know. Yeah. I, I, honestly, the biggest thing I can't believe you only got one shot in sixteen minutes. Uh, and I, I just thought, especially after like after the, the first five or so minutes of the game, I thought the ball movement was there. That was after the that corner three pointer. To, yeah, yeah. After yeah. that, it seemed to kind of fade. Um, you mentioned uh, Melton and a chance that he might play uh, any kind of update on Cub because they are starting to get uh, a little short on rotation players. Uh, no update quite yet on Cub. That was, a, we were just presented with that 
basically as Nurse went to the podium, like, hey, Cove and Cork are out tonight. Uh, if we're basing it on what we've heard this week, Nurse has said pretty consistently Cove and Melton are not serious injuries and that it's more of a day-by-day thing. Uh, the, the only reason that I'm more confident in Melton, one, Nurse said that he thinks he might be able to play, and two, alluded to the fact that he was able to go through some workouts and things today, which we did not hear that for the other guys. So I I think Melton's closer, and we'll have to wait and see on Cove. And Cork gets left out here. He is, you know, he is a member of the team, even if he's not a member of the Even rotation. if he doesn't necessarily want to be, <laughs> or at least historically has had moments where he doesn't want to be. Yep. Yep. Well, listen, man, always great catching up with you and we'll do it, do it again tomorrow. Sixers host the jazz second night of a back-to-back, maybe a chance to see some more players back, maybe not, but an opportunity to get back on the winning side of things. Thanks, man. Maybe a chance for some of our uh, loyal chatters to try to recruit friend of the pod, Lowry Markinen to the Sixers. We'll see. Or or Jordan Clarkson, (laughs) both. I, I'm on one corner. I'm, I, I'll wave to you from the other side of the street. We'll put it that way. <laughs> Thanks, See you, man. Boys. Appreciate it. Uh, Kyle Newbeck, again, make sure you go read him at allphly.com. Check out his recap for the Sixers lost tonight, 128-92. I saw Jordan Clarkson's name in the chat earlier. That's why I brought it up yep. as as he mentioned Lowry, Lowry Markin. And he had a triple-double the other, way, other day for the first time since Carlos Boozer in the wow. early 2000s, wow. I think it was. First time. That's a while. For the Jazz, you think about what yeah. Donovan Mitchell has, has done there. And look, I know he's not the assist man, but right. just the big games that he's had. You might just That's come across That's one, one triple-double. Yep. It's a long time. And the Sixers, I feel like, have had a bunch of players who can put them up. Uh, yeah, look, today sucked. Nobody is sitting up here saying... That you should like, we're not pissing on you and telling it's rain, telling you it's raining, right? We're not trying to convince you they played a good game. No, we're just telling you that these kind of things happen, and you don't have to read into it that they're frauds or that they can't compete. And look, I think all of us are kind of skeptical. Like as good as they played, I don't think we'd put them in maybe the tier one of contenders, which really the tier one at this point, I would say, Boston. Um, Denver and Milwaukee is kind of like maybe some people will throw the Clippers in there with the way they're playing. But those three teams, I think, have kind of separated themselves. We can debate whether or not the Sixers are in that that second tier of contenders. But I think we would all need a little bit to convince us that they should be bumped up into that you know top three, top four teams of contention status. I think we would all like to see them make a move, whether or not, uh, you know, what exactly that means. We're still trying to figure out, but I think we believe that they could use some firepower. So again, we're not telling you that they're perfect or that you should have confidence in them winning a championship. We're just saying that what they showed tonight isn't like you don't have to treat this as a, you know, time to panic. It's just something that happens throughout the course of the season. Yeah, it does. I mean, and, and, and I feel like we've, like Kyle and I, this is probably before your time while yeah, you're yeah. still taking your vacation. Yep. But I feel like Kyle and I had a couple of these shows where we sort of had this kind of sentiment and express this. You don't need to panic. It's okay. It's a long season. And then they immediately went on runs and played some good basketball and won a lot of games. I'm not saying they're going to do that here, uh, but I am saying that, like I said, there's so much volatility and volatility and variability on a night-to-night basis, especially because of how many threes teams shoot nowadays. Um, you have a couple players in and out of the lineup, a couple players banged up from the Sixers, and really a, a team that had just an entire off night. 
Everyone, I think what Kyle said was true. Everyone who played, with the exception maybe Maxi, I thought Maxi. I thought he was good. Maxi yeah. had some moments in the first yeah. half where he was good. Outside yeah. of that, nobody else really had a good game. You're just not going to win very many games when that happens, especially when the other team on the other side of the floor is shooting the lights out from three. And it's frustrating. I think Kyle's point about the fact that this was a night where the Sixers had been playing a soft schedule. You built this up as a potential playoff matchup, a, a measuring stick kind of game. They came out with a dud. I think that's disappointing for some. It just doesn't mean it's all that much more valuable than a random Monday game. And that's why I brought up the nationally televised piece January. because they even moved it from, what, 7 to 7.30. They adjusted the game yeah. uh, because of the billing that it had for a Friday night game against these two teams, these two rivals in the Atlantic Division. And and my thing with it, since I was on my three-month vacation, as, as you call it, <laughs> my thing has always been this too, Derek, because we all know what the postseason is. We all know what the postseason means. In order to play in that postseason, though, you have to get through your 82. So a lot of reaction that I would get in the past about how I would discuss wins and losses, well, Devon, it doesn't count because it's not the postseason. They're still going to get knocked out in the second yeah. round. We don't know that. The history says that, but we don't know what this upcoming postseason is going to tell us about this basketball team. And I always say, let's not fast forward to that place because we can't. If that's the case, I would skip the winters because I don't want to see snow. I but hate we can. the winters. And I'll tell you what, right? these last two days have been the first Worry. time it really felt Worry, like right? winter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you, you, can't, you can't fast forward that because we would fast forward a lot of things. So enjoy it for what it is, the 82. Your team is really good. They have their issues just like any other team. And they're going to win their games. They're going to lose their games. They're going to go on runs where they win eight in a row. They're going to lose five in a row. And we're going to go have our arms raised up and saying, what in the world is going on? But that's the nature of a, an eight-month schedule with 82 games, games a and games. a lot of players where things happen. And yes, on the other side, as people always say, they get paid too. Guess what? You played a good team tonight and they got you. And we wanted to see it a different result. They'll maybe beat the Knicks another time. They'll beat yeah. whoever else they play next week. I, I know the schedule, but it's escaping me now. I, don't, I know they play uh, two times next week, but it's, I know which days we have to come in. I don't always remember which teams they are playing on. Yeah, those days. exactly. Yeah. Oh. Wednesday and Friday, they play. Uh, their I think games. before the season, Nick so. Nurse said he's on a one or two game look ahead schedule. That's the way I am. Right. Well. Yeah. If they play Utah tomorrow. That's what I got. You got it. Yep. And I'm not mad at you for that. <laughs> yeah. and, but it's yes, we're going to react. We're always going to react to these games and say, hey, man, they got rocked tonight. And guess what? It was embarrassing. As the as the headline there says, it was embarrassing. Yeah. And, and that's it was, how it goes sometimes. And it was embarrassing. That just doesn't mean it's apocalyptic. No, no. And like, here, here's, here's, I guess what I'll, first of all, they're in a, a sort of a bad spot because if they win a game in the regular season, everybody goes, I don't care. Show me it in the playoffs. Well, then when these inevitably, inevitably bad games show up, then it's proof that what they can't do in the playoffs. It's a, it's a lose-lose. There's no way for them to win the regular season. Or it steps on your point of the playoffs yeah. because you just said, the playoffs. Well, yeah, this wasn't the playoffs. Regular season doesn't matter unless they lose. Okay. Well, that's you're going to lose at various points. The other thing is, you know, and there's been a lot of comments in chat that they're, the, the concerning thing wasn't that they lost or that the Knicks made shots, that the hustle from the Sixers wasn't there. It wasn't. I agree with that. It wasn't. 100%. That's why we, t we titled this one embarrassing or, mm -hmm. or thumbnailed it embarrassing because it was embarrassing. The question is whether it is meaningful. And in the playoffs, if there's one thing I will say, the Sixers defense and the hustle is there in the playoffs. 
They usually, if there's struggles, it's going to be on the offensive side. Now, Game 7 against the Celtics last year was, is one notable example. But for the most part, the hustle is there. They're locked in defensively. They're giving you the kind of effort. So the fact that they didn't have it tonight doesn't mean that they can't do it in the playoffs. It just means they didn't have it tonight. And Fury says it. No, you can lose with some pride. Yes, that's where the effort piece, Furious, you're absolutely right. That's what Derek is talking about. Just give the effort. Kyle said it too. Give the effort. Those 50-50 balls where New York was going for those extra rebounds and getting on the floor. And they and you know what? They also made the shots after it. So, yeah, that stuff stands out. And it ticks you off in the moment. And tomorrow they'll bounce back and they'll win. Now, what, what they'll do is, Derek, they'll win by 10 tomorrow. And there will be some that come back in the chat and say, yeah, but you lost to the Knicks yesterday. This is a bad team. Oh, you can't do that because if they lose to the Jazz, then you're saying, see, they're not good enough. So we, we can't have it both ways all the time. And again, it's not like they haven't beaten good teams. Like, I, I feel like the, the, the schedule that they played recently has maybe helped people forget that they've beaten the Pacers. They've beaten, you know, the, the, the Celtics. Yeah, they've beaten a lot of good teams throughout the course of the season. Some of those maybe came in November. Some of those you, you forgot about. That's fine, but it's 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 one game. Yeah, and Houston was a good win as part of a road trip. Yeah, and the fact that you were down in that game by double digits and they came back and won that was a good win over that team. That was a good way of how they won with Marcus Mars hitting that shot and the end one. And yeah, yeah. so shitty game. It happens. It, it happens. It happens, folks. I, I I've seen that there are Knicks and Sixer fans going at it in the oh, chat. Sure. So it's fun. It's fun to, to see the Sixers fans stand up for themselves like they always do. They'll fight. They will fight all the time. They don't take nights off. They will fight. They will absolutely fight. Not give the 50-50 effort when it comes to defending themselves. Yep. And that's what I always say. When I always would say stay out of family business, that's where the Sixers are like, hey, you can't talk about my team, but I can. So take this. <laughs> and that's where the fight starts. Yeah. And they won't, they won't give up until they win. This was... This, this we we gave our good effort tonight. I think in, in this post game, sure. where we're going to we're going to bounce back tomorrow and be even better, and maybe the Sixers are, are even better tomorrow. Hopefully, seven thirty tip time. Oh, that's too much. I know they play tomorrow. I know they play the Jazz tomorrow. I, I think, think it's seven thirty, but I'm not one hundred percent sure. It okay. is seven thirty. Yeah, seven thirty start time in South Philadelphia. So that means we'll be back. Somewhere, you know, in that 10 o'clock, uh, 940, 950, 10 o'clock hour. We'll, we'll see where we are. But we hope that you're back with us. We appreciate everybody checking in, of course. On I wonder, the, s- the Nuggets right now are 8 and 11 against teams with a 500 record yeah. or better. Yeah. Do you think they're freaking out? Or do their fans realize I don't that know what happens in January doesn't necessarily reflect what happens well, in the playoffs? They also have a little bit of a cushion because they won the championship. So they may. But that's what I'm saying. Like, even championship caliber teams can struggle and on they a struggle. random night in January. They struggle. Yeah. Well, we haven't seen Nikola Jokic have bad games. It was like, oh, Nikola Jokic had a bad game? Yeah. Wow. That that doesn't happen, but it it happens and it happens uh, occasionally. It happens. It happens. You know, Lakers won the in season tournament. They stink now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? They're talking about firing their coach and trading everybody, even though right now they're leading Memphis. Uh, right now in the second game there after the Sixers. All right, we got a lot of people to thank. I'm going to get to some of these folks here. Oh, I closed my window. You closed the window. I got it. Hold on. I got it. I got it. I'm in here. I'm in here. Jay the Jungle. I, I rely on Kyle so much, I forgot to. Rich P, Neil, Bob, Money Mar in the chat there. Brian Knight, not Brian McKnight. He was brought up on the broadcast today, though. Was he? Yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't hear that part. 
I'll pay attention next time. Al, the two-minute warning is in here. Measy, as we already mentioned, Neil. Khalil, who else do we have? Jake, Furious, uh, Brandon in the chat. Uh, Coleman is in there talking about the Eagles too. Springer, we should trade Springer to the Eagles. Whoa, trading Springer to the Eagles. <laughs> Maybe because they feel like, you know, the hustle. I, I don't know. Not, not because of the shooting performance there tonight. Barb is in there getting after me. We appreciate it, Barb, always. Super Chats, Davon. Bernard, Jake, and Furious, thank you so much. I saw Sal in there early on. Sharon, also AC Filla, Phil, our guy, says, uh, "I don't want, you know, I don't want another uh, ball handler to take away from Maxi shots." Come on, Phil. Yes, I do. <laughs> I just said he's the number two. Siakam, More ball handling is always welcome. Siakam comes in here. You just have to be a number three. Just got to be able to play off ball as well. That's all. You know, it's another ball handler. Right? The guys did a great job on the show the other day talking about the trade rumors with him, by the way. That Indiana thing is like a, a real thing with them. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Even though they're like in the play-in tournament. You sure you want to make that trade there, Indiana Pacers? But but so many people, again, we appreciate everybody. I already mentioned Barb. And uh, so many others checking in, Nick, Sal, everybody. Thank you for checking in. Thank you, Bree. We appreciate Kyle checking in from the arena. He'll do the same tomorrow. We'll be back here tomorrow for Sixers Jazz. Everybody have a great rest of your night. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Sixers fall tonight. It's no big deal. They get another chance tomorrow and then like 30 more after. We'll talk about more things tomorrow. Sixers Jazz. Have a good rest of your night, everybody. Good night. 